We're Not Dead, a story of fan survival. Hello and welcome to episode 8 of We're Not Dead, the official community podcast for We're Live. I'm your host, Britt, and joining me this week is Greg Miller. God damn you, Britt. God damn you, Miller. When I'm not on the show, you don't do the show. You don't invite this Steph Laugh back or some other girl named Sarah. Well, you, you failed on that. me. You are not reliable. You said, I have GDC shit to do. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Once a year, uh, an event comes to San Francisco that I have to be out of the house for all week long. I'm unreliable. We're, we're not dead as a priority. You need to get your shit straight. Whatever. And joining me again is Beesball. That's right. And I'm in Greg's corner. He's a busy man. You can't get on to him. What? Thank you, Bees. Ever. Thank you. I'll have you know that if it wasn't for me, this wouldn't even exist. You wouldn't know about this show. Nobody would know about the show. You know what really oh, sucks is that he has me there. I can't. I don't have anything against that yet. He's, he's got quite the ego. Got a growing rosebush. Yeah, Greg Miller. Um, is that, is that a, wait, wait. Is that a, is that a phrase? A growing rosebush? <laughs> yes, it means big ego. Got to trim it back. <laughs> See, I'm gonna I start tried, using that all the time. I try to like <laughs> scoot it along because that's an inside joke between bees and I. So I'm like, okay, we'll just. And then nope, Greg Miller, inquiring mind needed. You're to right. Know. I want no, to know about it, it now. He's I don't want anybody not to know on the show. So, guys, we were all at PAX last weekend. Yep. Yeah. Good times. We met lots of We're Alive and We're Not Dead fans. I got a big sweaty hug from Greg. Yeah. Well, all my hugs are sweaty, so you just said big hug, but thanks for calling that out. Uh, Brett, how did that How did that feel for you to have people coming up out of the blue saying, oh, my God, I love We're Not Dead. Oh, it, you. okay. To be completely honest, it blew my mind. I mean, you can ask Bees. He was right there with me. Um, sure, I had a couple drinks in me, you know, but this one kid, I don't remember his name. But he was, like, the cutest little thing ever. He, like, walked up to me, and he's like, Are you brave? I just want to tell you I'm a hugest fan of We're Not Dead. Blah, blah, blah. And I think I almost started crying. Not, not really. That yeah, was totally cute. Totally cute. Yeah, that, that blew my mind. That was just really cool. You know, I think I even had someone come up to me and ask me, Hey, are you Beesball from the, the We're Not Dead podcast? And I was like, Get out. <laughs> I was on one episode. Greg, did you have a lot of people approach you about We're Not Dead? Or was it mostly, Oh, my God, IGN? It was mostly IGN. But I did, I did have a lot of people come up and say, oh, man, I love We're Not Dead. Thank you for t- saying, you know, turning me on to We're Alive, such like that. We're growing. Every day we get stronger. Tell them about, tell them about the meet and greet. Come, come, come listen to the show. Come be a part of the Nerdist Presents We're, we're Alive. Okay, well, I was going to talk about this later, but you know what? No, I- you got you to promote it a lot. You got to promote it a lot, Brittany. You got to put it at the front while they're still awake. Well, exactly. What if the iPod dies? What if they don't know? What if their Zoom explodes? You know, Greg, this is why I have you on the show. You're always thinking. Hey, we want to. We got to promote this thing over and over and over again. You got to drive it in their heads. Okay, we'll talk about it like 500 times this episode. Thank you. You're very, very welcome. Okay, so everybody, on April 16th at Meltdown Comics in Los Angeles, We're Live is doing a live reading of Chapter One. Tickets are 10 bucks. You can buy them online at meltdowncomics.com/slash. Yo, yeah, slash shop, and then you go to event tickets and you scroll down until you see We're Live. And then you purchase them. There's only 150 seats available. So, so get cracking. Fuck yeah, get on this shit. It's going to be amazing. So doors open at 8. Greg and I are going to be giving away lots of awesome things. Um, like I said, they're doing a live reading of Chapter 1. And then afterwards, Greg and I are hosting a Q&A panel. And Step Laugh, Steven, will be feeding us questions from the internet. Hopefully. If we can get this thing streaming, it's not for sure yet. Wait, live? Are you kidding? I'm not kidding, these. Oh, I'm telling the honest to God impressive. truth. That's impressive. Yeah, well, you know, that's what we do around here. Um, afterwards, there will be a signing, and hopefully we can get everyone to go out do some bar hopping afterwards, if we can get things picked up. I'm excited. Greg, are you excited? I can't wait. Bring your favorite bottle, bottle of water, and Pete will sign it. Oh. 
That's me, Brittany. That's a good one. That's like me. It. Okay. Like did anyone approach you at PAX and ask you to sign a bottle of water? No, they did not. Okay. Because a few people told me they were going to do that, but obviously they didn't. So They are, they are liars. They lied to your face and or internet meme. Okay. So... 19.3, The Catalyst. Part three oh, of three. What an, what an episode. That, okay, before we even get into it, I have to say, I think this was my favorite episode of We're Alive. Really? Really? Oh, yeah. Those I don't are know if I'd go that far. Okay, well, after this, we'll talk about our favorite episode, Bees Ball, you opposite oh, bastard. <laughs> You're going to call me out? I have no idea what my favorite is. Yeah, because you I don't know have my, one. Well, I know my, like, area. Like, you know how, you know how it's a chat. Anyways, what, talk about this one. This was a good, it was a great episode. Why, why did you love it, Brittany? Why was it your favorite of all time? Why did I love it? I think there was just a lot happened. And, I, and you know, Casey threw us a curveball. Like, everything that we expected to happen didn't happen. I know, right? Yeah. Crazy. I mean, I went into it, like, thinking, okay, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. And then it got really exciting. Like, lots of shit happened. And now we're kind of, like, in a new, we're turning a corner, if you will. And now, like, this whole new, like, plot line's kind of lined up for us. But we can get to that. So let's recap the episode. So Pegs is lurking around in the tool shed. And Shovel Face and Gatekeeper talking about Michael. Um, <laughs> apparently, they they um, recorded Michael and Marcus's conversation when they were in Marcus's office when Michael confronted Marcus about his service in the military. So Gatekeeper's all excited. He has his panties in a bundle. He says, he's got him. He's got him. He's gone by the balls. He says, this might just be what we needed. And he says, taking out Sean was easy enough. This will be easier. He says, give a copy to the others. They'll finally be. They'll finally understand what I've been talking about all along. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All they needed was a talk boy. Oh, snap. Those are hard to come across in a zombie apocalypse, Beesball. And a dancing bozo. Uh, so, once, so the master plan is once everyone has gone to bed, they're going to send the village, which is where all the residents are, into lockdown. They're going to make Marcus. They're going to kill Marcus. They're going to make it look like he died in an attack. Obviously, since it's all like gatekeepers' guards, they need to make sure that his guards are the only ones on duty. So, in case there were to be others, a special vegetable soup was served at dinner. Gross. And, yeah. Mm, <laughs> um, it will be claimed as food poisoning when everyone gets sick, and a silent alarm will be going off at 10, and that will be the cue. So, Pegs is scared for her man. She leaves a tool shed and she runs to, into Amy, who pretends to be very nice. And Pigs is asking where she can find Marcus, and immediately we know something's up because Amy says he lives with us back in the village. Now, did anyone's flag go up at that point? Anybody? No, I'm oblivious. Oh, I'm come on, Marcus has not very sharp. Marcus has his own apartment building. God. Yeah. So Amy leads Pegs to this Marcus's house, and it turns out it's actually Amy's house. There's some like crazy like dance music going off in the background. It's rock and roll is the calling. <laughs> yeah, it was like really lousy punk. Pretty sure it was just whatever case you could get without any uh, rights issues. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Pegs walks into what we find out later was a safe house. Amy turns up the music. Her voice suddenly gets all like all evil and cynical. And then poor Pegs is lost and locked in there. Now, Greg, I know you like that part, right? Yeah, because it caught me off guard. I, I, I'm with bees there. I just take it at face no, value. I wasn't expecting I'm just, it either. I'm listening to the show. Yeah. And then, yeah, all of a sudden she Pegs is stupid and just walks into an empty room and gets locked in. Did you want to run in after her, like with a cape and like be her hero? And <laughs> no, I wanted to see how this one was going to play out, Brittany. Oh, I, I did. I did get tense. I did worry. I didn't know what was going to happen. I was kind of hoping Pete would run in, but and this is how we'll get to my problem with this week's show. So go on. Okay. Okay. Um. So then it cuts to Kelly and Victor. They are at Chow, and Kelly is wondering where Pegs is. Uh, Victor says he hasn't seen her, and just notable, Victor and Kelly aren't eating the soup. Victor has the soup, but he's not eating it, which. I don't know about you guys, but that kind of, I was like, ooh, maybe Victor's in on this, but we'll get to that later. 
Um, Kelly sees Amy. Amy tells Kelly that last time she saw Peg, she was in the fields. And Kelly uses her lawyer instincts and know that Amy is lying. <laughs> which I... <laughs> okay. Um, I found it funny, too. So Kelly and Victor go and look for Peg's. Um, Wait, you skipped my favorite part. Okay, what? Go ahead. They go, they're like, uh, Victor's getting ready to leave. He's like, all right, let's go. And he's like, you can have my soup, guys. And the guy's just uh, a little bit off mic. They go, yeah, more soup. I heard that, too. Oh, they say <laughs> I was that? like, oh, my God. Yeah, he's like, more soup. Oh, I didn't hear that. <laughs> it was great. Uh, yeah, you got to go back and listen. Totally right. Okay, yeah, more soup. <laughs> um, okay, so Kelly and Victor are wandering around, and they hear the amazing dance music in the background. Um. And Kelly's like, some people are so rude. And then Victor's like, oh, that's Amy's house. Let's kick the door in. So they kick the door <laughs> in. <laughs> Which, you know, it seemed kind of random, but. Exactly. No, that's my was... whole part right there. Is this is whoa, all, whoa, whoa, whoa. it was all too convenient. Bees. Okay. And I, wait, I have to stop before. Okay. I was talking to Casey and I was also talking to the actress of Lizzie, which is, her name is Blair. And Blair said the one thing she wishes we would do in this podcast is stop making excuses for Casey if we have an issue with the show. So, Greg, I know you don't have an issue with that, but I know it's more so me. I'm always like, I understand why they did this. Oh but... yeah, I'll, t- I'll tell people their face they suck. Okay, no. So we chat. So no <laughs> holds bar, people. Okay, go ahead, go, Greg. Oh yeah, it was just way too. Like I got it. They did a good job of you know, you know they they split up. They ran around. She wasn't here. There's not that many places to hide. What's going on? But then like walking in the street. First off. If you remember, when they walked into the safe house to begin with, this music was already blaring, meaning that this music had been blaring all day long. People would be used to this house being annoying all the time. I don't know what her excuse is for why she leaves her music on. People are fine with it, apparently, though. So, <laughs> then you're walking in like, wait a second, that seems out of place. And then, yeah, we're just kicking in doors left and right. It's like, wow, okay, we have gone to DEFCON 4 pretty quickly here on <laughs> this. Is, like, you, you know, I guess half an hour ago to an hour ago, you didn't even mm-hmm. believe that this lady was lying necessarily. Now you're like, well, fuck it, break down her door. Okay, okay, hold on. Uh, first off, the music thing, you're right. I, I agree that it shouldn't have been left on like that. It seemed kind of weird. But since they had the red flag lift uh, on With that Amy. one girl right. that she had, yeah, Amy, that she had lied and that Pegs was missing, and she no- they normally work together. It sounded pretty fishy that she would be out like working for yeah, no reason. That's true like, too. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm working. In, I'm, so I, I'm working think, in the soybean field at midnight. <laughs> right, right. So I think when they when they walk past their house, wherever they were headed to, I don't really remember. Uh, but whenever they walk past it, there's like music going when she when they knew she was back at the mess hall. Mm-hmm. That I. Immediately to me, that would be like, oh, this is a pretty good cover up. Okay, I can. If, they, if there was someone inside. Yeah, screaming. I think eventually, or maybe it's just my blondness. I would have been like, hmm, that's kind of fishy, but I wouldn't have immediately like kicked the door down. Exactly. But- it was a, it was a quick reaction. I know we got to get places in the show. You know, what I mean, we you got 20, yes. 20 minute chapters here. You need to get moving. But that was my one thing. Um. So anyway, he kicks down the door. They free pegs. Everyone's happy, kind of, because now they have to go find Michael. Because Michael is going to be. I don't know. What did they say they were going to do to Michael? They can do whatever they want to him. Oh, because Shovelface wanted to get revenge on Michael. So who knows what would have happened. Yeah, they said as soon as this is all over, you could do whatever you want with him. Mm-hmm. He was going to shovel him in the face. Mm-hmm. Probably. Yeah. H. Macy Sh- style. Shovel maybe. that soup into his mouth. Mm. Vegetable soup is gross enough. Let it, no, without it really it being poisoned. What? I love vegetable soup. You're no. gross. I don't want to get into this. Nope. Nope. I don't want to get into it. Greg Miller does not like solids and liquids mixing. That's the Greg Miller okay, way. How about that sounds stew? like diarrhea. No, no, thank you. <laughs> okay. Okay. I think we talked about this long enough. <laughs> so about that time, the silent alarm goes off. Um, so Victor, Pegs, and Kelly, they're making a mad dash for the weapon stash. Glenn, who happens to be one of my favorite characters, even though he's had like five lines in this entire 
story. He lets. I have I have an issue with this part. Come okay, okay, I'll finish it so you can go up. Um, so they break through the weapon stash. They grab weapons and they grab all of the ammo they can for the sake of slowing everyone else down. Pigs questions Victor if they really need all of that, and Victor says, "We're not coming back." Okay, Beast, did you have an issue with this part? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you said, you know, be completely honest. So I just wanted to say that I, I don't actually like this show at all, and I just like being on podcasts. Burn! That just happened. <laughs> Look who you let into our midst, no, Brittany. No. You just oh. invite all these kids on the air. <laughs> no, actually, in all honesty, I, I was expecting, um, what's his name again? Bert? No, that's not Bert. What's his name? No. The yeah, old man. No, no, no. Glenn, Glenn right? Glenn? Glenn. Okay. I was expecting him to turn on them, because when... In the last episode, they used him to do the the radio broadcast. Mm -hmm. He would have known that he was pointing it directly at an outpost, and I thought he must have been in on it. That's interesting. And I was think, and I was thinking he was going to turn on them. And initially, especially when he was like, "Oh, you're not allowed in here," I I really thought that he was like that was it. And but then he was like, "No, you can go back there. It's okay." Go on, go on. Yeah, I I know he did. He was like, "Go on, I guess." Because Glenn was the one that pointed it north, right? Yeah, he pointed at North. He's like, you know, I'm going to point at a specific direction. I know there's an outpost out here listening. Oh. I don't know. That seemed fishy to me, but uh, then I guess he let them have their guns anyway, and they escaped, so I'm not so sure. But, of course, you know, he, Glenn's staying, and he knows exactly where their thing is now because he pointed it that way. Well, you know, all they know is that— so that's, I mean, a loose, that's loose uh, usage of the word exactly. No, yeah. They only know it's up north somewhere. We were talking about Whatever. L.A., so it could be anywhere. But, but he, he knows it's like— what, exactly 40 miles or so? Or almost? Well, the transmitter, I think, went 30 to 40 miles, but they didn't... They didn't even touch base, Look, too. They Glenn is the only one who would know where their tower is, because they haven't told anyone else. No, but they, I think everyone knows that they're from L.A., and they know yeah. it, they're from the... Because, um, anyway. remember, didn't Tanya figure out they're from L.A., and then Tanya told uh, Marcus, then Marcus said that they hadn't gotten too many survivors from L.A. That was either him or Tanya, one or the other. Yeah. Anyway. Well, anyway, my... my my point is basically, I'm not sure I trust Glenn yet. Oh. I'm not sure. That's understandable. I think it'll come more down to they did the same thing again. At least they took the truck inside this time. They, you know, they take a car, they hide it this time. Unlike when they just left the car outside of their house for everyone to see. <laughs> yeah. I think there'll be some kind of tracker in there. We already know they were spying. Dude, that's totally what I was thinking. Yeah, they already had they had they had rooms bugged. They got all this stuff mm-hmm. going on. I don't. I think a tracker is well within the realm of possibility. So on their way to Michael, Victor kind of he just kind of says that there are a lot of people that haven't been loyal to Marcus for some time, but Victor was on anyone's side. Okay, so yeah. they reach Michael and they free him. Victor's so he did know about the soup, right? Uh, we don't know. I think so. Victor says that they will go out the same way they came in, and if you remember from I think it was last week's episode that uh, Victor said there's actually two entrances, which I thought they would use the other entrance. But they didn't. And they said that he said that they will stop by the hospital on their way out to see if Tanya is there to get the um, medicine for Saul. So they reach the hospital. Hope is there. Hope leads them to Tanya, who wants to know what the hell's going on. <laughs> good accent. Good accent. You like I that? know. I thought that. Like I caught that? that too. I was what like, the hell going sure on? Just... Uh, you know, yeah. I'm a third Southern. Uh, Michael, <laughs> <laughs> Michael asks for the medication. But then Michael mentions Saul's name. And then Tanya goes, what did you say? And then Michael's just assuming she's talking about their options, like where they're going to head. He repeats himself. But, I mean, this is something we can talk about later. I thought it was pretty interesting that she immediately, like, picked up, like, on what did you say when he said Saul? Well, was she, he, wasn't it like, you know, I, we need to help my friend or whatever, so? I thought, or huh? we need help Saul. Was it, I, I don't know. I, caught the, I thought it was more towards the help, not as much towards the Saul. Oh, well. Yeah, I, I thought she was getting hung up on, like, you're still focused on that guy? Oh, really? Because he, he had never. He's dead. <laughs> he had never <laughs> mentioned Saul's name before this. 
So when yeah. she when he said Saul, she kind of like perked up on it. And then there's other things that she says in, later on in the episode that kind of like lead me to think that she knows Saul in one way or another. Something's telling me I'm going to go back and listen to this episode episode a third time. Mm-hmm. Yes, got to pick up on this shit. Okay, so the gunfire stops and then Victor's like, Marcus is dead. So then Tanya decide that her and Hope are leaving with everybody. They grab an emergency bag that has a little of everything, and they flee. And as they are leaving, they are spotted. They are being shot at by the Guardians, and they're making their way through the maze. So they couldn't have gotten through on their own. They could not have, no. Um, Hope sure as hell couldn't have led them through it. Um, so, so, <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> uh, that dumb yeah, blind uh, girl couldn't have helped him at all. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so it's made known that the Guardians are using night vision goggles. So Kelly, in a moment of brilliance, shoots the flare gun, and they reach the vehicle. Okay, so then Victor says, oh, no, we're probably going to be blamed for all of this, which is significant. So they drive off into the sunset, and they reach the tower by morning. And Michael says, it looks the same as we left it. And then Kelly says a few differences she can see immediately. I mean, she she says that she can see a few differences. She doesn't really name what they are. Datu greets them, and I thought he sounded chipper than normal. He's, he's back. He's back on his game. Yeah, he did. Maybe he was just happy to see them. Is that a banana, or are you happy to see me? Michael then asks how Saul's doing, and then Datu says he's doing okay, a little better, but he's not all the way better. Then Bert is apparently down and has had a rough time while they've been away. Um, Tanya introduces Datu to Hope, and Hope, and Datu is completely completely blonde, and he's like, oh, it's pleased to meet you. It's like, okay. Another blonde girl, or another blind girl named Hope Crazy. And then Tanya says, I'm very interested in seeing this patient first. And then finally, um, I think it's Michael and Peg say, Datu, this is Hope. This is your Hope. And then Datu gets all sentimental and he starts crying. And I got choked up. Did you really? I did. I like Datu. And I, I liked his relationship with Samantha. So the, he, this was a very touching moment. Oh, that's I was, adorable. I was on the plane you know shoving my face into the window i didn't want anyone to see me i was getting so upset <laughs> oh man i know he's he's such a like a an innocent character it's hard not to like him and he's just like so he's impressionable then angel walks out and he says oh look who's back and then he goes oh look who's crying again or something like that about datu and i thought that was a really good line no no one agrees fine i, I said yeah i said yeah <laughs> oh the skype it hit it it hit it, Brittany. Oh, yeah, it's so, so delayed. Yeah, whatever. Uh, uh, and apparently Angel got in a fight with the window, and the window won. The cliffhanger, Greg Miller. Tell us what the cliffhanger was. The cliffhanger is Lizzie not in the tower anymore. Bert threw her out. Dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Dun. You know what I said to Britt when I first heard this? What'd you say to me, I was like, it's been so long, I don't even remember who... Lizzie is Blondie. Anymore. It's Blondie. Come on. All I know, like, I, all I know is that Saul. That's that's Saul's, that's Saul's love girl. interest. I don't remember anything else about her because she's been out of it. She so came long. in with Todd in like chapter two, and he was killed. Beautiful. She's hot. Totally hot. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to pull a Brit here and notice something and like read way too far into something. But yes. you know how you said that. Um, See, like it's a bad thing you ass hat. You know how you said that they were going to probably get pinned for Marcus's death. Mm-hmm. You know who also is the only person who has an alibi and knows that they didn't kill him? Who? Is uh, Ted or Fred or whatever his name is. I forgot it already. Ted or Fred? Glenn. Huh? Glenn. He doesn't remember it. He's the only person who saw them while the fighting was going on, so he would know that they weren't uh, the ones who killed Marcus. Oh. If they did pin it on him. Oh. Them. Interesting. Yeah. All right. That'll come into okay. play. That'll come yeah. into play. Okay. So let's get some, into some theories. Why the f- fuck was Lizzie kicked out of the tower? Uh, I think Lizzie was kicked out of the tower. Because uh, she was still very protective of Saul. You know, she she didn't want to leave his side. So she probably kept breaking Burt rules. She probably kept hoarding water and oatmeal or whatever they're eating in that place. 
and trying to give it trying to give it to him. Yeah, I think it definitely has something to, to do with Saul. Okay, so here's my theory on things. If it was a stupid reason, you would have thought that Angel would have like intervened because I thought he wasn't as big as a fan. Yeah, no, you're right. Like Angel didn't sound like upset. He doesn't like. Yeah, Lizzie got kicked out by you know what's his name. Right. Exactly. She. He was just like, no, she got. She. You know, she's not exactly. Because I think he's but, trying yeah, to. She's been kicked yeah, out. Yeah, because I think he's trying to kiss Saul's ass right now because he feels so bad about leaving him to like pretty much die when the tower's under attack. Mm-hmm. But um. So yeah, I think um I don't know. Something's telling me it might just be like a real legitimate reason otherwise i think so what would it be what what would be a legitimate reason you think actually a a legitimate reason so okay some people from the forum like veritable hero and a dog thinks that she was the mole and then adventureless hero thinks maybe she was hoarding food or maybe she contacted the maulers to see if they had any supplies that might help Saul because maybe she thought michael pigs and kelly weren't coming back interesting these are good Mm -hmm. theories those are very good Yeah, actually all good theories Mm -hmm. what do you think bees ball what do i think on those particular theories Uh uh-huh or what's your theory? Um, what's your theory? What's, what's happening? Why, why was well, she thrown out? She, she probably had like went in there when the lights were all off and he was tied down and she tried to knock his boots and she's like, no, yeah, no, it's really funny you no no okay it's funny you said that <laughs> because there was a theory on the forum that Bert walked in on Angel I mean on Angel on um Angel. <laughs> on, on Angel and Saul on Lizzie this, on Lizzie and say nothing plot twist. <laughs> <laughs> Of um, um, Saul and Lizzie uh, knocking some boots, and Bert kicked her out because he thinks that Saul has the zombie virus in him, but he's immune to it. So he was scared that Lizzie <laughs> might have it. You know, it's, it's one of the worst STDs you can get anymore. Is the zombie oh virus. my! God. I had a really, I had a really old, old Greg Miller reference pop into my head. What? I'll inject the funny into you every night. Oh yes, 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 yes. Oh yes. I, yes, I don't get it. Funny. I feel like a loser I'll now. Inject the zombie into you every it's, night now. It's really old. Mm. That's like it's, episode thirty-five. That's ancient. Yeah, that's ancient. That's ancient Greg yeah. Miller stuff. Brittany didn't even know who I was yet. She probably wasn't even born yet. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not, Greg Miller. <laughs> not. Greg Miller's an old fart. It's okay. Okay, so do, do you guys think Saul knows what happened? Because when uh, Michael asked Datu how Saul was doing, Datu said that Saul was doing, you know, he's doing a little better, but he didn't say anything like, Saul's really pissed, or, ooh, he's not doing so good, or you think he would have maybe mentioned something. Well, maybe he thinks it's justified, too. That's what I'm thinking. Well, maybe he doesn't know that she's even kicked out. Maybe. He's too out of it. Well, he said he was doing better, unless they just haven't told him. But then you think, well, then Saul would know. He'd, he'd wonder where his woman was. So He might still be tied up in a room. And, yeah, he is. You know, who knows? No, I don't know. Kay- after this last week's episode, Casey, I'm not putting anything past him. Okay, so nice. going back to Saul and Tanya, do you think Tanya is really Saul's mother? That's a popular theory in the forums. Really? Really? Huh. That popped up? So so you didn't really notice the fact that she perked up when, when Saul's name was mentioned? No, it, uh-huh. you're right, you're right. No, it is there, you're right. Let's talk about Nick Voodoo's theory. He says, Tanya knows Saul. I'm not going to go as far as to say she's his mother, but it sounded like she put something together in her head when she heard Saul's name. She hadn't heard the name before. This could be a nice reunion, warm, fuzzy feelings like Hope and Tattoo. See, it almost seems, you know, that would almost seem cliche in a way, right? Because we, we already have this whole... The uh, other reunion. Exactly. We already have a reunion of sorts. Maybe it's an aunt. Well... What bees? I don't know. There's there's going to be constant connections. I mean, that's the way this show stays interesting. It doesn't have to necessarily be realistic. Mm-hmm. He's just trying but to But zombie apocalypse isn't realistic? You know what he's talking about? Bees? It's going to happen. <laughs> no, I'm just saying the, uh, the, the relationships. It's not like, <laughs> you know, the odds that he's her son is like astronomical. But, you know, it would be an interesting twist in the, in the show. So I wouldn't write it off. I, it would be another unbelievable reaction in a way, though. I don't know. Like, it's one of those things where even it, 
not even talking about family, right? There's a zombie apocalypse and yada, yada, yada. And somebody's in three months into it or whatever, six months, a year into it. Mm-hmm. Somebody's like in, in the San Francisco Bay Area. He's like, oh, yeah, we'll take you back. My leader's Damon. The first thing I was like, Damon Hatfield? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it would be like a gut <laughs> yeah. reaction of, is this somebody I know? I, I don't. So I never buy. The, ooh. Just tell me more about this patient. Yeah. You hadn't heard from Damon in three months and you had given up on hope. Or uh, oh, oh. up hope on him. I would never give you know, up hope on him. Maybe something might pop into your mind. Okay, so if this is Saul's mom, will you be a little disappointed? No. You know what? I'm actually a little more disappointed that, well, of course we don't know what happened with Lizzie, but the the tower seemed too much intact. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I was expecting it to be like, come back and there's a ghost town and a note saying, hey, we moved here because there was a giant attack from the Maulers. And, and then it was just... You know, cut down like the 40 or however many people they had there back down to like a core 15 or something. Okay, so I want to start. I want to go back a little bit. Where do you think Lizzie is right now? We know she's kicked out of the tower, but where do you think she is? Living in a car outside the tower. Really? <laughs> I, I don't I don't think she would have gone far. I think she would have. I don't think so either. I don't think, I don't think Angel would have sent her. I don't know. I just don't think Angel would have let her like, hey, you know, here's she, the bottle of water. She's, other on, she's on the other rooftop. She's ziplined down there. Thinking. And they just zipline a basket of food down there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what they do. Maybe that's kind of what I was thinking too, because that's where they did all the sweat bottle experiments and whatnot. So, um, Mark is Marcus is Marcus really dead? I don't think so. I don't. Know. I don't think so either. Adrian HD has a theory on this. He says, "I don't think they'd kill off such an important character in the background like that, yeah, or with no quick. final, mm-hmm, or with no final moment." My thought: Marcus is alive. Gatekeeper and shovel dude blame Michael's group, eventually leading into a confrontation with a tower. They, they might actually show in the next episode, it might actually include part of what happened um, mm-hmm. back at the tower. Or not the tower, but the camp, I guess. Yeah, no, I like that theory. I don't, because I mean, that would be if, you know, just because the firefight stopped, how do you know that's it? Because we know there are still people loyal to Marcus. So it's not like, you know, it was just a bunch of gatekeepers guys and they just shot shit up and that was it. There was some resistance. So I like yeah. that theory. Because then that kind of like relates to, will Marcus, our gatekeeper, now go after the tower? Because they have a general direction, and now they have reason to be pissed off, right? Yeah, they're going to go after the tower for sure. But I think gate, it'll well, yeah, be gatekeeper. I, I think yeah. Marcus is dead. Yeah, okay. I don't. He's run his course. Now we know. We, you know, let us know that you know gatekeepers this conniving jackass who's will do anything to take power, and he's not afraid to kill people, and he's not afraid to rock the boat. And now it's like no, you know when, when they're walking away, and the, the outpost people shoot at them, they're like, we, they could have told them anything. You know what I mean? It's totally the gatekeeper's going right, to say. Right, recon team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think I think you're right. I think he might be dead, but at the same time, I don't think they're going to uh, just stop here without showing what happened. Like I said, I think maybe in the next episode, like the first half might be devoted to what happened when they did leave. That's know? interesting. Now, this is my thought. So if Marcus is still alive, I can see Marcus being pissed off because they took Tanya, they took Hope, they took <laughs> yeah. all the ammo. And he was, assass- <laughs> they, you know, there was yeah. assassination. Well, okay, right. if Marcus is still alive, yeah. And the blame would be on Michael, Pigs, and Kelly because I'm pretty sure that's what Gatekeeper would tell them. But if Gatekeeper is in charge and he's still alive, why do you think he would want to go after them? I mean, he wanted Michael gone. He wanted Marcus dead. Yeah. He didn't like Hope. I mean, the only reason I could think he'd be pissed off where he might go after them is if the word gets spread around that it was Michael, Peggs, and Kelly's fall, and then the people, like, have an uproar and, like, ah, let's go kill them, take their heads, blah, 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 blah. And then Gatekeeper's like, okay, forward ho. I don't know. I I think Gatekeeper just has an ego, and he would do it just out of that. That's my but didn't he anyway. get what he wanted? Well, yeah, but now he's got to protect what he has. So now your concern yeah. is that I remember how the, their whole thing was they wanted on lockdown so that no one could ever say, 
oh, yeah, you know, come here, everybody, and then you get swarmed. Now we have people out there. We already know that Michael has a force if you're a gatekeeper, right? You already know he has friends well, out there. Or maybe gatekeeper still wants to enforce that rule that nobody knows about in their camp without being shot. You know, they can't go. Oh, so you just kind of, like, kill it. Yeah, kill so, like, oh, okay. okay, there's this giant group of people who know about us now, so we have to take care of them. Um. Okay, so do you think the tower will ever make a return to the colony? Or any of the colonies like history, like they'll never step foot back in that. Oh yeah, they will. Again. They will. I don't know. I don't. It's okay. like an upgrade. You kick out the turtle and then you take his shell. Okay, so now that okay, so things are pretty peachy keen now. I mean, Mark Michael's arm isn't fucked up anymore, right? Mm-hmm. They're at the tower. They have a doctor. They have hope. There's a happy reunion. Hopefully, Saul will get better. So now I'm assuming the plot's gonna take us after Lizzie. Yeah, that's gotta. I mean, maybe they'll go backtrack and show what happened back in those episodes. That'd be interesting mm-hmm. to hear as opposed to just hearing, you know, Datu try to sum it up or something. Yeah, because, um, okay, so forum members, the Voodoo Lounge, you should always check it out. It's ran by Nick Voodoo. Every break between chapters, he um, writes like a really like well-written blog and he kind of just t- like touched space on a bunch of topics. And this was his theory on like the plot and where it's going. So he says there's not a whole lot that needs to happen before a search party can be assembled and go out for Lizzie. Saul needs to get his injection. There needs to be a confrontation with Bert about leadership. And now we've run out of logical plot points to propel us forward. Besides, unless the chapter is told as a flashback, we need to actively search for Lizzie to get her back. Well, I mean, there's still the Maulers and the uh, the camp that has to react. I mean, they're still going to play into it somehow. Maybe they'll play off each other and they'll like play two enemies against each other. That'd be cool. Yeah, I mean, so do you think the Maulers and the colony... We'll team up. Because before, it was more like, okay, the Maulers and the Tower are going to team up. Now it's more like the Maulers and the Colony are going to team up. Honestly, if I were Michael, I would try to do the whole uh, the Princess Bride thing, like frame the other country, and then just have them fight each other. And then, you mm-hmm. know, you take down the weakest enemy after they've already taken out the stronger one. I like that your ta- your, your tactics, your art of war is Princess <laughs> Bride. <laughs> That's what you're basing it all on. Okay, so uh, this this next thing, I don't know if Greg can comment on this. Maybe he knows something we don't. But what happened to Pete? Uh, I thought about that too. Well, I think you know, Pete, Pete's a resourceful man, and he knows how to get things done. I'm sure he hears all this. He's in a safe house. He's fine. He's he's on lockdown. He's with with his water. Yeah, he's got exactly. <laughs> he's with all the free water. He's gonna give away. He's just locked up, <laughs> waiting to see how this one you know okay. breaks down. No. He's a shopkeeper. They need him. You can't get rid of him. You can't get rid of Pete. Okay, so Stray has a theory on what Pete's up to. Um, He says he'll probably be going around the colony like Solid Snake, offering great deals from a cardboard box. (laughs) I like it. Not a bad idea. It's a good one. And I have to talk about Victor and Kelly. They're totally going to get it on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to be like a passionate night of rough stuff. (laughs) Because... Um, Nick Voodoo also got the scoop on what Chapter 20 is called, and it's called About Last Night. What? No way. Yeah, he did. Where did he get that scoop? Uh, Casey. Yeah, Casey, you traitor. Yeah, what do you do? Hack his email Don't support your official podcast about a podcast. Did you notice she always acts weird around him? Like, the first time she started asking him, like, really, like, rapid-fire questions, and then she did it again this episode. Like She wants to get laid. That's all there is to it. She just wants to get laid. She wants some Victor. So we know Casey likes to do double meanings in this chapter. So about last night, I'm assuming obviously one meaning is referring to what happened in chapter 19. Yeah. And then so it's also going to have a double meaning. So maybe maybe Victor and Kelly knock some boots and then it's awkward and he's like, well, about last night. Yeah. Or it could be something totally different. Well, it's also referencing the past. So it might have something mm-hmm. to do with Lizzie. 
and what happened. Exactly. There. It's got to tie into Lizzie. Lizzie's going to be the main thread when we get back. Right. This, in the secondary thread will be the Doctor and uh, Saul. Yeah. Casey also made a comment because last episode, or the episode before that, I made a comment that um, I thought they were going to read Peg's journal. I thought that was going to be like a significant like plot, but... This is what Casey had to say about that because someone else brought it up. He said, Pig's Journal, Michael skimmed it on his way to find Victor and talk with Pete. It didn't contain any earth-shattering information. When she said she didn't write much, she really meant it. So we as an audience didn't focus on it. The nice thing we're able to do with our show is to go from moment to moment based on importance in the journals. Not everything is in order when read. This might be something to keep in mind for present and later chapters. For instance, Angel and Kalani's experience with the behemoth was not at the exact time Michael, Pigs, and Kelly was heading to the colony. Right. In fact, it was occurring at the time when Michael, Pigs, and Kelly were already at the colony. The exact timeline will be revealed in the next chapter. Okay. Okay. Um, okay, so real quick, what's going to happen next chapter? Is Bert going to keep running it? Is Michael going to assume control again? You know, Michael has some newfound confidence, I think, after, yeah. you know, confronting Marcus. I think Bert's going to be like, oh, Bert's thank gonna God. going to give it back. Yeah, exactly. He's going to be like, thank goodness exactly. you're here. Exactly. Take it, please. I don't want it. Take it. He's going <laughs> to, yeah. It's too much. It's too much. <laughs> it's too much, Bob. So, any other questions, thoughts, comments about Chapter 19? It did not go where I expected. I'll, t- I'll say no, that. No, yeah. That was an insane curveball. Like, that's the thing is I've learned is you can't. It seems obvious, like, you think you know what's going to happen, but Casey just throws a curveball, and then you're like, what the fuck? And then your theory's out the window, and then you sound stupid. Yeah, I kind of expected them to be in the the camp for, like, another chapter or so. Because, you know, once he went to jail, I thought he was actually going to be there for a little while. Yeah, a lot of people, you know, were speculating that maybe Michael would have, like, a different role in the colony, or that maybe he'd have to work with Gatekeeper. Yeah. Or the people at the um, tower I, folks would try to find him or whatever. But I just no. didn't expect him to be there for like only five minutes before he got rescued. It was short. He had, yeah. he had a very, very short stay in jail. He's like, oh, hey. Yeah, okay. What's going on, I like guys? I'm, I'm not going anywhere comment when they were like, you know, stand, we'll be right back. He's like, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think that was my favorite right, episode. Hey. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry again. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was my favorite episode, like I said earlier. So, Greg, you said you had, like, a favorite section of the podcast that you really Yeah, I, I enjoyed the first time. That, well, I, I enjoyed the, the Mauler's time. Assault. Yeah, it was the, when the Mauler, I Well, I, I consider this to be one of, you know, one of the big points of the show mm-hmm. so far, right? What we just got through. And before that, I really, I mean, what really stuck out for me was the Mauler attack. You know, when they went from having a party, everybody's drunk, everybody's finally having fun, to having to deal with this war. Mm-hmm. That was just an awesome, awesome, that's my favorite, like, I guess, segment or chapter section of We're Alive so far. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we'll wrap that up and we'll move on to a few other things. So the Zombie Girl Contest, it is over. The five winners have been chosen. Sweet! Yay! Yay, congratulations, winners! Winner, yeah! Winning! um, Winning! (laughs) Winning! Winning, epic winning. Uh, (laughs) So with 26 votes, the baker came in first place. With 24, Daniel came in second. With 17, Corbin came in third, and he's like five years old. It's adorable. I think. I don't know if you guys listened to it. I haven't right, heard but... that one. Oh, it's oh, so man. cute. Um, with 15, Sean came in fourth. And with 15, John also came in, I guess, fourth. They both tied. So How are they going to work in a, like, a little kid baby growl? He's going to actually have to put that into the story to work it out. Ba- yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then I saw my first baby zombie ever. <laughs> <laughs> Greg Miller, I know you've been yeah. waiting for this for a long time. Yeah, I want to hear your growl. No, you go you first. We give our growl. No, you go first. Fuck you, Greg Miller. Bees, you want to go first? Oh, sure. You know what? I, I, I already gave an example to Britt while we were at PAX. If any of you guys have listened to Bob and Doug McKenzie, you'll you'll have heard of uh, 
what is it? Emphysema dog? Well, emphysema dog to me <laughs> is the ultimate zombie growl. You guys ready for this? Okay, go. Yeah. That's it. There you go. Inward breathing. That's how you do it. That's emphysema dog. That was amazing. Okay. 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 Come on, Britt. Uh, do it. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. <laughs> what are you, yoga? Trying to clear out your throat? Come on. No, this sounded better in my head. It just didn't come out right. No, do it again. Do it again. Come on. No, I already did it. It's a once in a lifetime no, give, thing. Give, give, no, do one more. Do one more. Oh my god, you guys! I are did awful. like ten. I don't know how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we were a video podcast. That's I'd like fantastic. to see the face you're making. You like see this. my face. Your, your arms Thanks. are all outstretched. Yeah, <laughs> your teeth are like curled back over. Her okay, nose. if you can see my face right now, I'm pretty sure it's like red as fuck. So it's okay. <laughs> I'm embarrassing myself. Oh, I didn't care. Kay. It's all right. Okay, Greg Miller. Go ahead, bud. <laughs> what the heck? So we know what Pete's going to sound like when he gets eaten by the zombies. It's going to sound like a dying cow. Pete's going to become one of the call zombies, one of the ones that makes oh, the call okay. that screams for the other one. Oh, okay. my God. This dying moose girl is what it was. There you go. I hope that was like as climatic as people were hoping it would be. <laughs> yeah, we've only been pimping it for like so wait, seven episodes. Pete's yeah. the tattooed one? Maybe that's what he'll become. Spoilers. Maybe there's a time. Maybe there's a time portal that we didn't. Know about. Yeah. Sweet. So clearly, Casey is gonna want our girls that we just did. He's gonna want to put those in a contest because I. Of course. He's gonna pick mine. I guarantee it. Emphysema <laughs> dog and. Emphysema <laughs> dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so there's that contest. That one is all over and done with. And then um, the fan art contest that has been done for a while, but Sebastian hasn't come forward to claim his season one. <gasps> yeah. Wait, box no. Set. I'm Sebastian. Oh, you're reading Shut it wrong. No, it says, it says beesball. You're stupid. No. So, Sebastian, <laughs> uh, if you don't claim this, I don't know what I'm going to do. Just It's an empty threat. But just please, I want your address so I can send you Was things. there a second place? Um, No. No? There might have to be now. Yeah, Constellation Prize. Give it yep. away to the second place. Please. Um, and just for a reminder, the newest contest that we have going on, it's on the forums of zombiepodcast.com slash forum. And it's go. the chapter one PDF, and just make any rendition of a scene that you want to, and the winner will receive a signed box set by Casey and Shane, the creators of We're Alive. Yay! Thanks, Greg. Thanks for your enthusiasm, bud. Hey, you know what? I'm trying to help you out. Thanks. I, I can let you sit out there and just not get any help. Yeah, I know. Not, you guys are pathetic. Yeah. Pathetic! Anyone want to co-host with me? Send an application what? to we're not dead podcast at gmail.com. Hey, there you go. You finally pimped the email. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I don't think I told you this, Greg Miller, but we have like three different email addresses. Yeah, there's like now. a billion of them now. What? Yeah. We have we're not dead podcast at gmail.com. We have we're not dead at zombiepodcast.com. And we have WND at zombiepodcast.com. And because I'm so much okay. cooler, I have Brit at zombiepodcast.com. Oh. Mm. You should just change it to Brit and Greg. Everybody, I want you to sign my account up, which is Brit. It's zombiepodcast.com. Up for everything you can. Okay, Greg. Just if you think there's some kind of advertising I'd that like to know awesome. about, you just sign yes. me up for it. <laughs> Spam her account. <laughs> I'll hate you forever. Whatever. That'd be great. Um, and this was the point where I was gonna pimp the next We're Alive, sh- the We're Alive showing at Meltdown Comics, but since Greg Miller do it. Okay. Again. Okay. What day is it? It is April 16th at Meltdown Comics. Tickets are only 10 bucks each, and you can buy them at meltdowncomics.com slash shop. Click on event tickets, and then scroll down until you see we're live. We can jump right into our listener mail. We are not. It is not where, a fan mail. Where do you want them to send that? 
to I don't know Greg Miller. <laughs> I just I just told you three. The emails. same one. Stick with one. We're not dead. Podcast at Gmail. I know that's because that's the one that we've been pimping forever. But if you want to get fancy, yeah. you can send them to the other ones. Uh, so the first one comes from Rocco. Rocco, Rocco. And he says, hi, Greg and Britt. Here's a theory I've had that may have already been mentioned, but here it is anyway. What if some people are immune to the zombie virus? And this is why zombies sniff out who to mutate and who to eat. Maybe it explains how Saul survived so far after taking the bullet after it passed through the infected Tommy. So I'm assuming he means to sniff out whether to, like, bring to the arena. The arena. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they still ate those people eventually. They brought them out into the center of the, or some of them brought them out to the center of the arena, right, and tore them apart. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think some people are immune, sure. I mean, maybe Saul is. Maybe he has some sort of, maybe he got just enough of the virus in him that his body's able to combat it, or maybe he didn't get any of it in him, or maybe he just has a natural immunity. From Sean, he says, hi, friends. He says, I just, hey. um, I just started listening to We're Alive recently and just caught up with the both We're Alive podcast and the We're Not Dead podcast in the last week. Dang. In one of listening. your early episodes, yeah, you're, you were talking about Skittles and who he reminds you of, and I had Skittles. to share. He says, from the first time I heard Skittles, I couldn't help but picture him as Kazan. I might have just made that up. From the Canadian horror film Cube. I have no uh, idea. Are you familiar with that? <laughs> no. Or are you just saying, of course, because it's Canadian, Greg Miller? I mean, yeah, I'm just saying, of course, like any of us know what that is. I'm the is. only one who oh, okay. spent time in, in Canada, and I still don't know what it is. Okay. So apparently, this Kazan, Kazan, whatever dude, is an autistic man who, despite being way down on my list of people who can make it out alive, outlasts everyone else, including a police officer, a doctor, and an escape artist. An so escape people Google, <laughs> Google this Kazan dude from the Canadian horror film Cube. And tell us what you think. I think he actually just made the movie, and now he's trying to pimp it on the show. So oh. that's what happened. Well, good for him. I don't care. Whatever. The Baker writes, holy monkey fuckers. For the record, a monkey fucker is a legit exercise we make the lower enlisted do in the army. Um, he says, I can't believe how many theories of mine of Brits of everyone's just got blown out of the water by this week's episode. So pretty much he asks questions that we just elaborated on, but I wanted to read it because he starts it off with holy, mon- holy monkey fuckers. And he is also the winner of the zombie girl contest, the number one. So I figured he deserved a shout out. He, he, earned it. he got there. Yeah. Um, okay, we have another character reference from Daniel Kamiski, or his form name is De- Decomposed Ass to Ass. Huh, nice. I've seen mm-hmm. him out there. Um, he says, I know I'm not your personal favorite for saying who I picture what characters in We're Alive look and sound like, after suggesting that Paul D looks like Saul, but I have to say the actor Jake Weber <laughs> from Dawn of the Dead Remake would be a great Michael Cross. Jake you know, he, no, but I'm, I'm John the Dead remake. Wasn't he? In I mean, I, I remember. Oh, is he the guy? He was probably the one. Well, I don't know. I think I thought was he was the, 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 the like the lead white guy who had a, he was a, the the job he was best at was being a dad, and the job he was worst at was being a husband. Yeah, there you go. That's and uh, what? Who? Who is he supposed to look like? Michael. Michael. I don't think so. I think right. Michael's more like rugged looking and more like manly looking. That guy kind of looks feminine. Yeah, a, a little bit. I just posted a picture for you, Craig, there. Thank you. You beat me to it. And he wants to know how. Oh, s- that's him. <laughs> how stoked was Greg when the intro outro guy, who uh, Michael Swan, read his name in the credits of this week's episode? Dude, I was very. I happy. was stoked. I was like, "Hey, that's Greg." <laughs> <laughs> I was stoked for him. Thank you, bees. It's good to know I have one friend on this show. Yeah. Don't hate. Uh, we have a lot of Greg Miller fan question fanboys. On this fan mail yeah. reading Good. section. It's supposed to be. That's how the show's supposed yeah, to be. Don't let yeah, us okay. rose bro. No. <laughs> Thank you. From Bradley, just listening to the new episode and has some brilliant voice acting from Pete. I might brilliant. just be his biggest male fan. So I think, I like it was just, I might be yeah, his biggest I, male I fan. That too. 
<laughs> I have some huge female fans. Everybody knows that. Yes. 400 pounds. Uh, so I beat them off with a stick. <laughs> <laughs> so I think they should create a spinoff of We're Alive called Pete's The Origins. It would be origins. all about Pete and how he survived the zombies alone with only his water bottles before bravely making it to the colony who are all communists. I've been dropping a lot of emails to KC about this. That <laughs> honestly, I think we need if we could do a, a, just if we could just do a mini series about the first five years of Pete's life, like before <laughs> the five years leading up to the zombies. Yeah, I think that would be pretty good. People want to know more about him. Did he run a store in real life? Mm-hmm. Did he at, at that store? Did he give deals to new customers? Uh, it's all interesting. <laughs> okay, so people, you're stroking Greg's ego far too much. My rose bush is on yeah, fire. You got to trim that thing back, man. He needs to get it waxed. Uh, okay, so from okay, actually, this guy's name supposedly is Bruce Wayne. Said, nice. "Yo, I heard you, Greg. Asked Pete, how does it feel to be famous? And when are we going to hear Britney's voice in an episode? Uh, probably pretty soon with that awesome growl she just did. Yeah, <laughs> it's coming up any second. It's my claim to fame. Okay, so Greg, apparently you're famous now. Congratulations. Thank you. It's about time that uh, I cast off these, you know." I've I've stood in the shadows of podcasts and the internet for too long, so I'm glad I finally have some recognition for my true talents. I guarantee it. Within two years, you're going to be on IMDb. Oh, I can't wait. Bees, you're Marking not your calendars, kids. Helping. <laughs> you're not helping me here, Brittany. I'm going to need an assistant. When I get big, I'm going to need an assistant, Brittany, and that can be you. Okay, so I'll just be your secretary. There you go. I'll sit. I'll sit behind a computer well, and type all day and get carpal tunnel. Well, hold on. Let's 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 email. start you off at assistant no. and then see if you can move up Dude, to secretary. I make a I don't killer want coffee. I'm telling you right now. Well, it looks like you already yeah, got competition, some, like, Britt. Or some shit in your coffee. <laughs> Don't piss me off. Um, okay, so JV says, hey, guys, I've heard Greg force- forcefully remind Brittany to plug the email address so many times that I actually said out loud, audibly, in the car alone, driving home from work while listening to the podcast. Greg, shut the fuck up. We know what the email address <laughs> is already. You know, you would love you would love to think that. You you would love to think that. I can't tell you the number of comments I see on my other podcasts that are in the hundreds of episodes where they ask, what's the episode? Well, how do I send an email to the show? Yeah. Let me let me assure you, you're very smart. Yes, you get to curse in your car. There are many <laughs> brand new people and many people who are just so stoned they don't know what they're listening okay. to. <laughs> okay, it's Greg true. Miller. Okay, just wait. Because then he says... And then later that same night, I find my, I find myself having to scroll through the latest episode to find where you guys mentioned it because I can't remember. Oh yeah, see. So he says, "Greg, I stand corrected and I apologize." It's okay, I accept it. He says, "My question is whether or not there is an RSS feed for the podcast." Yes, there is. Go to FeedBurner, and I think it's FeedBurner. Okay, I gotta get it up. Hold on. <sighs> Don't worry. Me and B, me and Bees will fill fill some time here. HTTP colon slash slash feeds dot feedburner dot com slash we're not dead. And he says, it's weird how I actually came to listen. I'm a diehard zombie fan and avid PS3 Wii gamer. I found this podcast because of We're Alive. I hated Greg's mic in the first episode and only listened to a few seconds before unfairly deleting it and moving on. First of all, thanks, Greg Miller, for that. <laughs> we almost lost a fan because of you. I just hated Greg in the first episode, period. Thank you, Bees. I thought you were Darth Vader. Sorry. A few days later, my friend Matt told me about IGN podcasts. I downloaded a few and was hooked, especially Knockin' Boots. I've downloaded and listened to every single episode over the past two weeks. It wasn't until last week that Matt, that Matt mentioned Greg was the co-host of We're Not Dead. I didn't even realize, seeing how I had no idea who or what a Greg Miller was. <laughs> ten, <Hey>. days, <laughs> ten days later, I'm hooked on all three. Followed on Twitter, subscribed to all the podcasts, Google image Britney. Yeah, you did. Enough. Thanks for a great podcast. I want to see some fan art of Britney's head on things. Oh. <laughs> I want to see Britney's head on a Triceratops body. 
Send that. I need to see that right now. <laughs> We're not dead. Podcast oh, at gmail.com. I want to see a naked turtle Brit trying to occupy another turtle shell. That's what, what? I want to see. <laughs> oh, like, so, so it's in the middle whoa. of switching shells? Yes. <laughs> okay, so someone please make this tri- triceratops. Is that what you said, Greg? Yeah, yeah. triceratops, Brittany. Tri- triceratops, make it happen. Try bit atop. <laughs> so thanks for that wonderful story, JV. Thanks for listening. Thanks for caring. Thanks for following me on Twitter at thanks Game for, Over yeah. Greg, um, I never gave you a chance to explain why your mic sucked so bad. So you want to do that right Oh, now? We did we never tell that story I on the air? I cut you off. I did. No, I told you, but I didn't tell anybody. Oh, uh, I see. So, Greg Miller. Yeah, so it turned out that, you know, Skype's smart, and it knows what what mic I want to use. It's, it's very easy. Audible, audible.com or whatever this Audacity. thing is. What I, Audacity. Not very smart. <laughs> audible. It, I, I, <laughs> audible.com sells books. I listen to This American Life. They're always trying to pitch me on books. <laughs> Anyways, the short ender was that uh, I never switched it in Audacity, so Audacity was uh, just recording me off. I guess somewhere on my goddamn laptop, there's a little mic hole, so it was recording off that, and I was just speaking into microphones for no reason. <laughs> a mic hole. <laughs> uh, so, I guess that is it. If you have anything else you want to plug, go for it. If not, we can wrap this shit know. up. Now, come to Mental Meltdown Comics. Yeah, do that. Down there in LA, April 16th. Free stuff. Brittany. That's when they should bring. That's when they should be bringing I, the Britney's face on a Triceratops body. Yeah, put it on a big like poster and put like a stick on it, and, like wave it in the crowd. <laughs> I will give you some. I'll give you a T-shirt. That would yeah, make her my life. No, no. Yeah. And then I'll go crawl. And then I'll go crawl into a turtle shell. That'll yeah, exactly. All right. So thank you for listening to episode eight. Please rate us on iTunes because I think we only have four and a half stars down instead of five. Ooh, I'll get on that. It's very. That's still pretty good though, isn't it? No, it's amazing. Okay. So thank you, everybody. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, Bees. And I guess I'll thank myself. So <laughs> thank you for listening to episode eight of We're Not Dead. And we're out. See ya. Bye. 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 Bye.